You are now listening to the Dad Bods Podcast with your hosts, the Odds Fellow, Punisher Picks, LockBets.net, and your announcer, Guns Picks. So time to strap in, dads. It's time to join the father figures in the Dad Bods Podcast. Let's go! Welcome to everybody to the Dad Bods Podcast, episode 65. And it's the pun shit. shit. Once again. Shit, 65, dude. 60 freaking five is what I say that I say that every time, but I'm I'm literally surprised every time about the amount of shows we've done. Um yeah, they go by you, fast. When did you when did you join? When did we start? I wanna, I, April. Okay. Yeah, that was, that's right. Cause that's when we started GPO. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably about, oh, that's probably about halfway through. So maybe you've probably done 20 or 30 shows. Yeah. Probably, probably seems yeah. like more or less. <laughs> they go by fast, actually. They're, uh, you're, next thing you know, you got an episode done and you're into the next one. Um, yes. Man, what, what a week of uh, college football. Yeah, I mean, it was brutal for me. It was, it's been a brutal week. That loss, I don't know how you didn't get in the end zone. I mean, you made a, a, a you had full control of the game, it, like in the fourth quarter. You mm-hmm. you made that drastic comeback after coming out like really sloppy in the first half, and it was just for those that inch. for those that don't know, we're talking about Oklahoma State. Oh yeah, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Um, Pretty soon we'll be done talking game. about them, and everybody can go back to their normal 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 teams. But I was at the game. It's really the first big like big game I've been to. Yeah. Um, other than you know a home game or like a conference game, mm-hmm. so and because I've never been to a bowl game, which is crazy to think. Um, and it was man, it was just a lot of fun. It was it was just fun to be at a big game. I, I know they lost, but just the whole atmosphere was awesome. Dallas Cowboys right. City it was just badass. Yeah, um, we had good seats. Uh, had some friends down there we stayed with, so. Other than other than the loss, everything else was great, and it's a shit show to get in and out of that place. It's it's a pain in the ass. Oh, but I bet. Like with a car or Uber, <laughs> we paid like 180 bucks to get home or something stupid. But it, it was a long ride too. I heard right. Yeah, like it yeah. was like 18 miles, but it took like 14 hours. Um, but now, man, it's like if you can't score from the six inch yard line on four tries, it's I don't I don't know how you didn't get in. That's I I mean what. Why wouldn't you just take your line and just push? I don't. I what do I know? I'm just. Uh, I'm just watching it on TV. Why don't you? Why don't you put a defensive end as a fullback and just QB sneak four times and just push? Sometimes that there's does work. No, there's that works every time. When has that not worked? I mean, <laughs> have we ever, have, has, any, has anybody been criticized for doing that? Put the biggest guy that you have with a little bit of speed and some push, and just have him barrel ass face first into a guy and just create a hole six inches backup center that was the issue yeah as you could see versus if you if you remember the ou game that big ou uh nose tackle was just in the backfield every play so that that was the issue there and then um you got another issue with with the the starting running back out um that made a huge difference but hey they're going to the fiesta bowl playing none other than the irish they the are Irish. Irish. 
both teams are limping in coaching wise because as yeah. as between this show and last show, you, you I didn't have a coach. You I feel a little bit better about my position now, seeing that the players, you know, you look at the player reaction to mm-hmm. uh Marcus is that's the guy they wanted. That's the guy they're getting. And I I've I continue to monitor, see if I'm losing recruits. I'm not. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, Tommy Reese stays, Freeman takes over. We may be okay. I and think it's a good it, – it, it sure good, seems good like a great hire so yeah. far. Yeah, the guy wants to be there. He wants to win, and he's he's young. He's 35. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that I remember having a young football coach, head coach, like a guy that's just, you know, that's there to build true. a program. That's it's always true. been a guy that's in his 50s and 60s. I mean, Lou Holtz, uh, Charlie Weiss, uh, Weizen Hunt. It's uh, usually the type of job. It's usually the type of job that attracts um, somebody that's been a head coach before and somebody that right. has had success, right? Yeah, yeah. They always go for the you, guy with a resume instead of uh, just trying to go and uh, bring up a D, young DC that's hungry. I mean, Notre Dame's all about having the resume uh, well, to be the head coach because they can. They're Notre Dame. Yes. I mean, you know whether you know. For good or bad, that's I, I, sometimes we, sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes that's a good thing. I think that's a good hire. I mean, time yeah. will tell. Um, same with uh, the OU hire. Time will tell with Venables. Yeah, everybody, everybody likes that a lot. And I don't know the OU hype machine is is just is insane mm-hmm. because they can go from you know five years ago running a guy out right or eight years ago however long that was. Running him out of town, all it was was Venables is horrible. You know, it's just, and then yeah. and now he's you know, you know, God's gift to earth. So, it's, yeah, he, he had a real down year on his defense because of the injuries that he had. But he's always had the um, star defense. Mm-hmm. He's had the he's had the the uh, top five star mm-hmm. guys. I, I mean, maybe the, you know, is is that where Oklahoma's going? Smash mouth football. And because uh, they're going to the SEC and then they're going to play some hot defense, is that is that what's going to happen now? I mean, I don't think they know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I think mean, this was like the the world is falling around us. We need to hire somebody, kind of deal, right? Um, yeah, and who's left? He's, and he's begging. Apparently, he's begging Caleb Williams to stay. Uh, I was always told that OU didn't beg anybody to play at OU. It was OU. Right, but <laughs> that that changed very, very quickly. Uh, Oklahoma State lost their defensive coordinator today. Did you see that? No, I missed that. Really? Where did he go? To, okay, since you don't know, this will be fun. Um, okay. So he was obviously a finalist for the Broyles Award. Didn't get it. Michigan's offensive coordinator got it. Yeah, um, Gaddis. Uh, but they were, you know, they were a top three defense. They held Baylor to no points in that second half. They obviously were were really good scheme wise. Right. Um, yeah, he's gone. They offered him 1.3 million a year to stay, and he, he left. So, what school do you think hired him in the last three or four hours? Is he a head coach? Nope, D, D coordinator. D, he, so, he's a D coordinator somewhere else in college. Can I, uh, SEC? Nope. He's staying in the Big 12. Nope. <laughs> Pac-12? 
wait, okay, wait, okay. So he's going to um, USC. Wrong. Wrong? No, that's wrong. I was going to say correct. I thought you were going to guess it, but no, that's not. Uh, Oregon? Nope. It's not Pac-12. Oh, I thought I thought I meant I said Big Twelve. Nope, not Big Twelve either. Oh shit! Um, come on, you're better than this. Well, he's not going to Notre Dame. No, I don't know. I give up. Ohio State. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. That's a team that needs a defense. Yeah, <laughs> they apparently went pretty hard after him because. Oh Jesus, that, that's cra- that's crazy that they went and got him. Yeah. So they have Yursich, who was OSU's offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And now they're defensive court. So one OSU is the uh, Oklahoma State is the farm team for Ohio State right now, as far as coaches go. You got to be shitting me. Yeah, isn't that wild? I, that, yeah, that's that sucks that you lost him though. I mean, that, I, I mean that turnaround on the Oklahoma State defense is absolutely incredible. What they did this year, I know. I'm, man, I'm a little bit nervous about that team only because he is coaching the bowl game. By the way, he's uh, yeah. He's, January second, he's. I mean, they're gone. they're coming off a bad loss, and uh, you know Notre Dame. I just don't know. I mean, they seem to be motivated to play. I don't know who's going to not play in that game. The only guy that I don't think is going to play is Kyle Hamilton, but he hasn't played for weeks. So I I think that is. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a full strength because I don't think either of these yeah. teams are keen on sitting guys out and just giving no. a bowl win away. No, not especially New Year's Six Bowl. That's not. That's not a game. That's not a bowl game. You 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 sit out. They won't. They won't do that because that's Marcus Freeman's first game too. That's See, that I is think, a I highly motivated. Super game. motivated. I think it's a yeah. super motivated Notre Dame team, um, to play around and, and show Brian Kelly what you know what what he right. left. Yeah, and that offensive line has been their biggest issue this year, and they've improved mm-hmm. week to week. But I don't know if they can handle a, a defense like. Oklahoma State, but we'll see. It's I mean, going to be tough, man. It's going to be a, it's a two and a half point spread, so it's probably right. Yeah, it's close. It's going to be um, close. I, I mean, that's just some of these bowl games. That's the thing about bowl games with when you're betting them, right? Like, it's so hard for me to just go and bet the early lines. I mean, yeah. there was a couple spots I've taken three spots already that I haven't even. It's like I don't plan on mentioning it because I want to see if there's certain key players. If they, if they sit out, then I'm mm-hmm. then I may flip. That's true. That's a really good point. It's like, unless it's a playoff game or a New Year's Six, you kind of have to tread lightly before, especially with all this this crazy coaching carousel and transfer right. portal stuff. Because the transfer portal thing is still right an issue for bowl games too, right? Because oh. once you announce your transfer and you're not playing the bowl, right? Um, no. I mean, once you once you say you're out, I mean, I haven't seen anybody like, oh, I'm the starting quarterback. Um, a major player on the team and, and then just leave you. I haven't seen a lot of those yet. I've I seen either. I've seen a lot of good backups leave, like uh, uh, Quinn Ears from Ohio State. I don't know yeah, if he's good or not, but he's going to Texas Tech now. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, he's yeah. going to Tech. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. So it, it's it's kind of those weird things that yeah you may have you know I always keep I have a few guys that I follow on Twitter and I just I keep my notifications on just to see mm-hmm. who's in and who's out I have a feeling on one guy there's a couple guys I have a feeling that they're not going to play in that game because that bolt they're just in some shit bowl and I can see them sitting very easy because it's it's not going to help their draft position by playing in that game especially who they're playing against uh, I there was a couple spots that I I saw. And I was like, I'm just going to take it now, and then 
hopefully I get some line value out of it that maybe I can middle it if he does play. So, you know, that kind of thing. But um, Like the Oregon OU game. I mean, OU versus OU, <laughs> but they're going to be – That's a mess. Are going to be a what mess. an ugly game that is going to be. I don't, I don't even know what position you can take on that one. Right, because Caleb Williams is another guy that could transfer. Rattler yeah. already transferred. They lost two of their wide receivers. But you have a, you have a Oregon team Cristobal's too gone. that doesn't have his coach. Um, you have uh, I don't even know the players' motivation on this one. You may have guys that like I don't know uh, C.J. Verdell. I don't know if he's uh, going to be playing. Thibodeau. In that game. You don't know um, if he's if Thibodeau is going to play. Oh, Thibodeau's not playing. He's out. He's okay. already said he's out. Okay, so yeah, he's out. I mean, that's so that's what I hate about these. Yeah, the bowl season is it's it's, it's unless so you're playing for the down. playoff. Anybody it's can so settle. watered down. Right. That's why March Madness is so much better. Yeah. But, uh, um, man, it, I mean, I don't know if you have some plays, but we could give them, give them a couple. I don't plays know if I plays. have any tonight. Do you have any? Um, um, or for tomorrow? I haven't even looked yet. I I announced on Twitter that I'm not doing any more replays. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> because I've just been what winning an them. A, what an angry move. That was, I was just, I'm just tired of winning plays for, for no likes or retweets. I'm actually doing good on the free plays and then the premiums. I'm just kind of like I'm 50-50 <laughs> or I'm 2-4. and four. I'm, I'm like just flattening out after, you know, I, usually college football was the, the, the thing that was keeping me afloat. And then. Uh, I'm just dipping my toe into basketball. Yeah, it's so hard. I, I don't know if I have any uh, plays for tonight. I'm looking at because I, I don't have college to, to football. Be, to I, I know I'll be on the – and this is one that I'll give out because I know that I'll be on the Bruins. Oh, tomorrow. wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. wait we got to do this properly. It is time for the Dad Bods Copper Breakdown. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'll be on the I'll, I'll be on the Bruins money line tomorrow and the probably their team total over. Um kind of mm-hmm. a custom, you know, two or three systems aligning type play at Vancouver. Bruins have really 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 struggled as of late, as you know as a Bruins fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um this is maybe a get right game for them versus a Vancouver team that that played really well last night. We had the Vancouver uh money line or did we have uh yeah we had the uh, 1.5 unit play on on the money line as an extra play for members last night yeah you've been that, doing that, well in hockey that one started tailing those yeah shit. dude yeah. it's it's going really good it, it goes up and down right it yeah it's like it's a fucking roller coaster it's a roller coaster but once it's once you see that heat train coming you just got to tail along for a while so i think the bruins get right against the canucks tomorrow night and score like four goals um and when he's four to two i like That's that my prediction so uh, are you going to give us a, are you going to give us a play? Yeah, actually I'll, I'll, I'll give a lean on Thursday night. I kind of want to see a few things first. Uh-huh. Um, I was looking at the Pittsburgh and Minnesota game and I, from a scenario standpoint, I kind of like Minnesota on this one just because of what, what happened to them last week. Mm-hmm. They give Detroit uh, a win. Jared Goff drives down the field, scores a last second touchdown, end of game, end of story, uh, you know, heartbreaking loss. Um, yeah, and that, that just can't happen. And that's coming off the tails of uh, a win over Green Bay, too. Mm-hmm. You got the other side of the spectrum for the Steelers here. Now, the Steelers, um, you know, lost two straight. They go and they play a divisional rival um, at home, and they and they beat uh, a Baltimore team that the week before that, you saw them on against Cleveland, four picks. You have Lamar Jackson yeah. not really playing that well. So was that a really a big victory, or you just played a downtrodden 
Baltimore team that was due for a loss. Um, I've never been really high on Pittsburgh altogether. Um, you have Minnesota playing at home, playing uh, on a short week. I think this is th- this is Thursday night game, and then you have Pittsburgh uh, coming off a short week as well, off playing a tough divis- divisional opponent. Um, I think Minnesota is going to come to play he- here in this spot, and I, I so. lean Minnesota. I think it's minus three, minus three and a half. What books you get it at? Um, but that's kind of where it's going. Um, I, but I, I kind of want to say I think that's bit, so. I think that's a smart call. Yeah, I think that's a really smart call. <laughs> I think I think they I think they bounce back here. I mean they they beat the Chargers away, um, they beat Green Bay at home, and then they uh, uh, lost. Actually, they lost to the 49ers, uh, 26 to 34. Then they lost uh, to Detroit, so they've lost two straight. I think they bounce back here. Um, yeah, I'll take. I like Minnesota in this one. The Vikes, the Vikes, and the Bruins, the Vikes and the Bruins. Those are your Cappers collect. Not Cappers collect. What am I saying? What's our what's we, Capper's breakdown? Capper's collect. Are we Capper's oh. collect now? Are we are we merge into the GPL? Speaking of Capper's, Capper's collect, collect, maybe maybe they can rock. Maybe they can uh, sponsor this segment. Maybe that's just my Freudian that, setup. That could be too. And I and you know I I told you about a DM we're looking that I for sponsor sponsor too. Yeah, so. we're looking for um, sponsors. Maybe I'm I'm one step ahead. of I'm going to entertain now. that one, and I just letting you guys know. But I think it's more of a podcast sponsor than a myself sponsor. I don't want to deal with that again. Yeah, that um, would be that would be a smart for that one. I think. Because yeah, we, then we could all kind of contribute and maybe then we got live reads. Correct. Yep. Man. Oh, geez. Um, I know, man. So Adam, Adam's coming up. Yeah, Adam um, Trigger's coming up. And uh tell people Hey, did you hear Adam that knock? Oh, you know that sound. That means the dads have a special guest ready to join the show. Let's tune in and see who it could be. That's right. Our guest has arrived. And let me give him a proper intro. He's a handicapper for wagertalk.com, a content contributor on wagertalk TV, on YouTube, uh, also the co-host of the sweatshirt that I'm wearing here, the Hustle Podcast with CT Best, Drew Martin, and Kelly in Vegas. He is a college basketball guru, guru, a Siena alum slash season ticket holder. How many of those do you know? Maybe four. His Twitter <laughs> handle is zero. Like si or one now. And you know what? I've always said you can't <laughs> fire a gun without a trigger. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dad Bots Podcast. Adam Trigger, what's going on, my friend? Welcome to the Dad Bots Podcast. Oh, I love the intro, guys. That was great. Thanks for What's having up, me. Adam. Nice to meet you. Guns and Trigger would be a great morning show and like a you know, like a, a morning drive, right? Oh, that's, yeah, no, that has a nice oh, range of sure. I don't want you to replace me, but it sounds like <laughs> you, guys, you guys can be a great little duo. Now, I've been I, I guess like oh. I kind of you know, I've been watching a lot of wager talk lately. It just came up on my I guess the YouTube algorithm, and then I got I I started watching the hustle. And it kind of reminded me of the four way that like we do, of course, we're just missing the the lady dad uh, like you guys have. But um, I guess uh, I'll start with the first question. I, I just enjoyed your content all, all, all together. And you've actually been on Wager Talk on multiple s- stuff now, uh, more than I uh, I saw from the beginning. But how did you actually get into sports uh, betting and uh, actually get to the point where you're a capper for Wager Talk? Yeah, so 
I really got into sports betting big in college with my friends. Just, you know, it was what we used to do before we went to the bar, I guess we're at the bar, like while we were out, you know, just hanging out and, and betting games. I actually probably started in high school, uh, but got into it recreationally in college. And then I actually started writing write-ups for a website um, right out of college, just uh, for some like extra money. Mm-hmm. And I realized while I was doing this person's write-ups that I was doing all the work and making very little money doing it. <laughs> and, and so I kind of said, you know what? Like, I think I could probably do this on my own. You know, I'm, I'm pumping out this analysis and someone else is like kind of taking credit for it. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what I started to do. Uh, my a friend of mine and I started Top Blade Sports and we kind of, you know, went about, you know, we both kind of handicapped games together. I did the analysis, you know, he kind of went out and tried to, to make sales and, and we had like the old school way of doing it, right? Like we, so we're both from the capital region, New York. Uh, we both spent, this is my friend and I that started together. We both spend our summers at Saratoga racetrack and we met like one of the old school, like, you know, like Stu Finer, like 900, like 900 number, uh, cappers, right. Like at the racetrack as part of like, as just part of like our, our, you know, kind of like the crew that hung out together at the racetrack. And he was just like, he kind of like mentored us in a sense um with just how to get uh clients but most importantly he gave us his database so like he he was kind of getting out of the game a little bit and he was he's just a nice guy and he's like listen here's my whole database of contacts like go at it and so that's kind of how we were able to like build up real like really quickly and i always never wanted to be that so i i kind of you know had to different. I really just use his contacts basically to start generating uh, a client base. And, you know, I, that's kind of how I got into it on my own. And it really wasn't until, I mean, it wasn't until I met Kelly Stewart that I I feel like I was able to kind of get wager talk to notice me a little bit. Uh, But, you know, how how long ago was that with, with the Saratoga when the, when the database database got switched? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, early 2013 okay. so that was early 2013 so that's before um, that's really before the big twitter boom of capitalism yeah. so you, know, you were ahead of the curve there so you're kind of doing emails and just kind of reaching out by email and text and like old school ways i'll tell you what though i was i was actually behind the curve in in the respect that because i did so well off of having those like names and numbers I didn't get onto Twitter until like way after the fact. Um, back then in like 2013, 24, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I had a website and, and it, it's almost like we like looked down on Twitter a little bit where mm-hmm. like yeah. Twitter got big and all of a sudden everyone was a sports handicapper, right? And, and it, it almost, I was a little bit stubborn in the respect that I felt like it like devalued what I was trying to do if I went on Twitter because mm-hmm. there was so much sort of nonsense on Twitter. Now, over the years, gambling Twitter has kind of like policed that to where like they, you know, if you're not putting in the work and you're not like legit, people know now, but like back in 2013, 2014, people, people didn't really know. So I kind of, I really didn't get to, and that was like the biggest thing. That's, that's why like, I actually got turned down by sports memo and wager talk years ago 
because I had no Twitter following and I had no, no real social media presence. And so that was kind of actually Drew Martin was the one that said, Hey, like you got, you got to get on Twitter. You got to get on Twitter and just start pumping stuff out on Twitter. So that's kind of how, you know, I, I've been, you know, kind of friends with him yeah. for years at this point. And that's kind of how it, it, it started for me was just, you know, but I feel like I was late to the game on Twitter and Twitter is the place to go for sports betting info at, at this yeah, point. And that's what I was wondering is, is there's so many avenues now to like ways to sell your picks and different social media sites to, is there, is there one that you focus on more than the other to, to grow your following? Is it like, what's more valuable? Twitter followers, Instagram followers, TikTok, Reddit, websites, emails. I mean, there's just, do you have to just do it all and just hope something sticks or, cause it's hard, it's hard for me to have time to, you know, manage an Instagram page and a TikTok and a Twitter as a dad and working and all this other crap I do. Um, what, what would you, what kind of advice would you give someone, you know, that has, you know, 1200 followers and puts out good content um, and is looking to grow? Yeah. So I have done them all. And, I, and I'll say this, like, I, I think Twitter is the place to be. Mm -hmm. um, I had no, I had no, I couldn't get any traction on Instagram. Uh, with the one caveat being, I know nothing about TikTok. So listen, yeah. if you're, if you can, if you can crush on TikTok, but it, it seems to me the, the audience on TikTok is probably not the right audience for sport. Maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. And that's a great point. It, it's so much about who you're wanted, who you want your customer to be. Do you want the guy that wants the daily card or do you want a guy that play, pays you for a year? I do the dances and I just do my picks. Is that how you're supposed so, to do it? Whatever you're doing is working, guns. Let's just let's just say that. Honestly, like Twitter, I love Twitter as a platform because I just I feel like it's you know it, it, you have enough sort of characters and you can and you can screenshot stuff to get what you need to get out. And I say I would say that's my my following really started to grow when I was just when I finally like bit the bullet and started getting stuff out for free. Um, I was like anti-free for a long time because I didn't want to sort of devalue my product. But I also realized that without giving, and, and even now, I mean, now I, I get, I have a pretty big platform on wager talking and we still give stuff out for free all the time uh, because I, I feel like that's really your, your way to sort of get seen. And if you're, if your stuff is good, people are going to keep coming back. And, you know, that's why, I kind of pump the analysis out and stuff. I, I always say, you know, I, I feel like if you're like buying a pick from someone that mm -hmm. you should, you know, that, that, that person should be able to give you like a, a good idea of like why you're, you know, why you're going to put money on, on that certain thing. So I just started posting that to Twitter and, and, you know, I still do. I try to get at least, you know, a handful of free picks. So I started, I started to not do free picks though. I'll give out my actual client picks for free. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference there too. I never give a free pick anymore. I just like don't believe in it. I just, I'll handpick certain client pick plays, give them for free. And, and I don't think it's really affected people from, from. Okay. So yeah, yeah that's what I, so. and that's what I do as well. It sounds like guns. I need to start doing more free, free picks again. Cause I kind of stopped just to make. Oh, it, it helps. It but, helps. It helps keep. What happens is, is if you don't, if you stop giving away free picks and you're just promoting your, your chance, whatever you're, 
your uh, premium plays and everything like that and saying, Hey, I went four and oh, it's like no one saw your four and oh, it's like, I mean, as I give him a just give him a taste. And you know, I think the best way to and Adam has a good point about the the free picks being not separate from your client picks, they're just one or two, they're part of from your eight eight play card or whatever it is, yeah, um, that you choose and hope hope that the free pick wins. I don't know how you how you do that, but I think the I think the best. I don't way even do think that. it like. Oh, well, I was just right. going to say quick is I I don't think it's it, it helps when the free pick wins, but it, it's more for me. I just want to be able to give out a free pick to show like my process a little. Well, bit. and you just want to engage with people, right? right. I mean, yeah. It's like that's what I found is like I have no more free picks. But what what, what do I have an account for if I'm not going to? I'm a picks account if I don't. I think I like your process too, Adam. And that's what kind of drew me to you. And I wanted to have you on the podcast because it's very similar to like how I look at a game, especially for college football. It's like, you're seeing things the same way. And it's kind of funny when I see you like, Oh, this is, this is my pick. And I go, I just did a fucking write up on the same goddamn shit. (laughs) It's like you read my write up. (laughs) So yeah, I think, I think the best thing to do is not only just give them the information or give them like, sometimes I'll do it. I was like, I'll give a pick, I'll give a write up. And this is, it's like, this is how I do for the premium people. Or, or sometimes I'll just do it into a, a plain out tw- a two minute and 20 second video, which, uh, Adam, I think you have a hard time doing that. Is that correct? <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm a little, a little long winded and they, uh, yeah. No, I'm, I I'm just shitting on him. If, if you know, if you watch the hustle podcast, Kelly likes to, likes to poke fun at him. And then he, he, I saw one, he tried to do a video play and it was like five minutes and 30 seconds long. I was like, nobody's going to watch that shit. The the stopwatch, she's timing me now. I'm like, (laughs) I can't operate. I can't operate under these conditions here. It it took me practice and I basically have to speak like the micro machine, man, when I put my videos out. It's two minutes, 20 seconds. And it's the fastest two minutes, 20 seconds you'll ever fucking see. But, um, I, you know, I've been with, um, um, is there any like I know you've been in the in, in for a while, and you, you know you kind of told your story about capping. Is there any cappers or analysts that you admired uh, getting into the game and actually becoming a sharp capper? Is there is there like that one guy is like I kind of want to be mirror myself to like this guy, but kind of have my own little twist Ooh, to it? Good question. Good question. Because that's such oh. a big big part of Twitter. Yeah, there definitely. I mean, there definitely is. The funny thing is, like. A handful of them are at wager talk like i've always looked up to dave Coken. i've always thought that he was kind of like an, an og and, and just uh you know really like knows how to break mm-hmm. down a, a game and whatnot and it's funny like i get to do videos with him now i still like actually can't believe that that is how it wor- it's worked out but you know it, it, for me it's always been any anyone that can can sort of that puts the rationale out and i can i can understand what the reasoning is behind, mm-hmm. you know, them having that pick. And, you know, like Johnny Corrales, like he, he pumps sharp in, info out. And I like that for a different reason, because I know he's sharp at this point. So I know if he's, you know, if he's giving something out on bed on it or something like that, I, I jot that down, right. I have to at least respect the fact that chances are, if he's, if he's talking about it, some sharp, like a sharp group's probably better. Uh, and, and I'm really like trying to be as in tune as possible. Um, I try to be in tune as possible into the market. Um, and that's really like kind of my whole process at this point has become trying to figure out what's sharp and then trying to figure out if my handicap agrees with that info. 
basically. And that that's sort of how I, I generate my, my plays. And, and, you know, it's not a science, right? Like there's, there's going to always be like exceptions to the rule and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, I try to, I try to basically be on the sharp side as, as much as possible because, and when I say sharp, I mean, anything that I, that I have gathered that I sort of know wins long-term or like, you know, I've been fortunate enough to get access to a couple of groups where I know, I know what they bet early in the week and whatnot. And and that's super helpful. Uh, but just, you know, that stuff that just sort of came by making friends in the industry. And, you know, so if you're sort of trying to get into it, the best advice I can give you is just like engage with everyone and, and just try to try to make contacts because, you know, those people could end up making you a, a much better, better. And that's kind of what's happened to me. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Cause I, I think that's how, you know, I started out um, engaging with people and kind of getting into like, you know, there's certain little niches in gambling Twitter, mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not, it's kind of like a, you can kind of get implanted in these little niches and you don't really see out of this outside of this sphere, right. That we all call this, you know, so I, I think it's important to engage with which as much people as you can and for the public to engage with us because we want, yeah. all we want, all we want to do is talk sports. That's what we're doing. That's why we're here is to, is to bet and bet. Like we don't need to charge for picks, but we, it's fun. We, we think we're good at it. And um, we spend an exuberant amount of hours, like yeah. putting all the, it's, it, it's our, it's our hobby. It's like our life. Yeah. It's just what we want to do. So, yeah. so ask us questions. Cause you know, if somebody came up to me and asked me for for some data, I would probably give it to them. But um, it's oh, just, I I, you know? I mean, I've gotten amazing info just by bullshitting with people on Twitter, DMs right. back and forth. Like, like for for example, I mean, you just you just never know. Like, it, everyone's located in like a different part of the country when they're mm-hmm. on Twitter, right? Yep. So, like mm-hmm. for me, like I'm up here in upstate New York. I mm-hmm. went to Siena College. Like, I probably have a better beat on the Mac than like most people, you know, it's because right. I just, I've been going to Siena game since I was nine years old. I ended up going to college there and it's, it's been like a conference I followed since the mid nineties. Whereas like, would I have done that if I didn't live here? Probably not. Right. If I didn't go to Siena, probably not. Um, and it's really just like a guy D you know, DM me the other day. He, he must've known that I was on Northern Illinois. So I had that as a play. And he was just like, hey, like I went to Northern Illinois and my buddy's on a, a plane with Rocky Lombardi's family and he's going to play today. And I was like, and it's just, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. he, and he played. Yeah. So you have yeah. to take that with like, a, you know, you have to like sort of, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and, and whatnot. But like, that's the cool thing about Twitter is like genuinely people like just you know, they, they want, like, I, they want to share info. Like I want to share info. Like I'm happy to, you know, someone, I try to answer every DM on Twitter. It's harder. It's getting harder as, as sort of the follower count goes up, but I really still try to answer like every It's a DM. good problem to have though. I mean, yeah. that's what you want is engagement and you want people yep. to, to care about your place. I, I got a I got a buddy who's like I got a Virginia Tech insider and he he's he goes to every single game and he knows he's in the chat groups and he knows like all the information before it circumvents into yep. like no, media so he kind of just tells me he's like hey so and so is not going to play even even in basketball too same thing it's like he just kind of like sends me because hey this is the time to take this play right now and I and I just fought, I just I, I'm just going to tail it <laughs> 
And yeah, nine and, times out of ten, it works. So and, let's, uh, and, you know, I try to always just return the favor. Like, I, you know, if, right. if someone gives me something that, that ends up being good, like I'll go out of my way when I have, you know, something good. Like maybe I, I, I'll hear stuff about, you know, Sienna basketball sometimes early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at this point, like I've, I've got some pretty good contacts. And, you know, it's just that's just a, a good way to go about it. And, you know, there's like ways that you like if you're just like, you know, even if you're just starting out with handicapping, like people all the time ask me, like, well, what do you, you know, how do you like handicap this or that? Like, I'll always tell them, like, especially college hoop, like, let's say you're in, let's say you live in Louisiana, right? Like mm-hmm. the Sun Belt is in your backyard. Like mm-hmm. you, if you just literally watch Sun Belt games, follow Sun Belt teams, just by being geographically there, like you're going to probably be sharper on the Sun Belt than most books are because most every sports book is yeah. they're trying to gather information for 350 teams. The reason books are the book and, and they're, they're able to stay sharper than the betting public is because they have information, but so you need to find an area where, where your information is better than their information mm-hmm. and you can do it in, in, in sort of these smaller conferences, become an you know, expert laugh, in something. Yeah. yeah become an like expert. people laughed at me, laugh at me for the Korean baseball picks, but yeah, last we were doing year, was, that's how we met. We did. KBL. Yeah. Like la- <laughs> last year when there was nothing to do, I was just like studying that league and trying to oh, figure yeah. that league out. And, mm-hmm. you know, me and, and a couple of, of others just like kind of went back and forth and realized that like the, our numbers were better than, than the, the, what the odds makers were putting out. And so I kind of kept doing it this year. I don't know if I'll do it next year. And, and the only reason is, is because now without the mainstream coverage, it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to sort of say, stay sharp in right. that league. But I mean, you know, if, if, and if it's getting harder to get money down in that league, a lot of books yes. are, are and, those, and the damn monsoons, all these damn yeah. rain, yeah. rain. Oh rain yeah. Delays. When they have a rain oh out, it's the whole league. It's like, whole monsoon, league it's like monsoon wiped out. season and it just wipes out everybody that doesn't have a dome. <laughs> but like it, 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 that's what I always you know you know it's it's fun to handicap NFL and like college football and stuff but it's it's hard like those are hard really tough markets to beat because they, they it's just they're just too efficient it is so, fun it is fun that when you do find a, a little niche like that yeah. isn't it like when you're like yeah. all right it's like kind of like me with these hockey team totals I've kind of carved out like a little niche on on like hockey team totals the last two years and and uh it's fun when you find some some things that not not everybody's doing. Everybody oh, yeah. does, everybody's doing the same thing. Um, so I was going to ask you what what is your favorite sport to cap, and what's your what's a sport that you tried to cap, and like oh man, I, I just can't do it anymore. It's not going to work. Like I tried my best. I'm just I can't find an edge. Do you have yeah, that? Yeah. So yeah, sport I sport I tried very briefly to handicap and got got rid of was hockey. I just I. I don't know if it's because I didn't, I wasn't a hockey player growing up or, or didn't, you know, I, I played baseball, I coached baseball. So I feel like I understand the game and football and basketball are, I guess if you're a sports better, are kind of like the, uh, like they're the, you're, you're going to play those. Two you're kind of the pillars. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, uh, and that's another uh, thing too. I, I, realize after a few years, you, you know, you can't, you can't do everything, especially if you're one person. Right. So it's like, totally. you have to sort of, that's what guns to, always says. 
yeah, you got to pick and you got to pick and choose. You know, you can't spread yourself too thin because once you're spread too thin, you're not going to win anywhere. So mm -hmm. for me, I realized over the past few years, you know, NBA regular season is just not my thing. And I can be more productive in college basketball where it's a, it's a more beatable market than I can in the NBA where basically at this point, it's almost become like beating the regular season NBA is just like getting the info early, like trying to get the info before it moves. Whereas mm -hmm. like playoff NBA is almost a completely different season. I mean, I'll still handicap, like I'm very into hand um, playoff NBA for a couple of reasons. One, I have the time college basketball is done. It's mm -hmm. during the summer where it's only competing with baseball. And two, it's just more of a situational handicap in a series. So I can, you know, figure out where places to jump in where I think I'm betting against a, an overreaction, which is how I like to bet anyway. So, right. you know, what, once I said, okay, not going to look at hockey, not going to look at regular season NBA. I'm going to focus on college basketball. And, and then obviously, you know, you know, football, it's like right now, like this time of year is tough because it's hard to be on top of everything that's going on in the NFL and in, in college football and, you know, try to try to sift your way through a hundred basketball games some nights. So you, you get, but you got to kind of just figure out, like, fortunately I have friends that are better at football than I am and, and they're able to like, you know, keep me on top of things. That's what I was going to say. That's why you're kind of part of a, a kind of a, would you consider yourself part of a team in that way? I mean, we have, we have our kind of thing. I don't know if you're aware of it. It's, you know, GPO lock where it's, where it's me, where it's guns, me, the odds fellow and lock bets, you know, and you, and you buy a package, you get all our plays and we all kind of have our, our own separate sports that we focus on. We try to not overstep each other. Um, but like you said, it's important to kind of be part of a team and kind of see where, you know, maybe you're not as good at something and, and direct someone to, to uh, Kelly or, or whoever it may be. Yeah. Go who will dance with, uh, go who will dance with guns as boy. Yeah. Right. No, I mean like. That's it, Adam's they, boy, by the way. Yeah. Guns does the hula. Guns does the hula. Oh, I did. I had to, I owed him one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they're awesome handicappers in their own respect, but absolutely. I mean, I'll always defer to Chris or, or Kelly on, right. you know, football right. because they're just more in tune with like what's going on in college football landscape. I like, so for me, that's like, I'm, I'll really focus on NFL and college basketball. Yep. And then I do, I'll, I'll rely, I'll rely on my friends to keep me up to date in college football because it's just like, you know, it's, it's, there's just so much and there's only so much time in the day. And I feel like I add more value to the, to the group or to right. my, you know, whoever I'm by just being all over college basketball, mm -hmm. because that's always sort of been my thing. Um, but, you know, and it's funny how it works out, right? Like we're four or five weeks in a college basketball season and I'm like, you know, struggling to, to hit 50% early on just with, you know, how it's gone, but I'm like crushing football. So it's just like, you know, right. but right. you'd like to think that like that some of that stuff's going to even out, right? Like right. I fully expect one come March that I'll be ahead where I usually am in college basketball. And, you know, hopefully football is good till the end of the season, but I mean, like we're, we're dealing with like small margins here, right? Like 
we can hit like 58%. Like that's what it's anything higher than that is not, it's probably unsustainable long-term. So if you can get to like the high fifties, like you're doing really, really good with yes. 68% being like the ultimate goal. And I mean, so where, where they come from doesn't really matter. Right. Like sometimes right. they're going to come in football. Sometimes they're going to come in basketball, but like at the end of the day, if you can sort of scratch out like high fifties, like yep. you're doing pretty good. So. Yeah. I have the same thing with like college football. It's like, I, I kind of teeter on that 51, 52. And then like, once I get to that back half of November, it's just, it's crush time because like, I know where I know every team, I know who's playing where I kind of feel the injuries and it, the lines just seem to get a little bit more clear and sharper where I can buy stuff on Tuesday without even thinking. And it's, and, it, and, you know, it starts hitting at like a, a high percentage clip. Same thing with college basketball. I admire anybody that that gets into that early because I just – I mean, for me to track that many college football teams early, I struggle. And then when you have to multiply that by by three almost, um, it, it's, God, it's even so more hard, difficult. Man. So, I, I mean, my keen – my eye on college basketball isn't seen until after bowl season. Mm-hmm. So it's nice when, like, I saw your sheets that you had on Wager Talk um, with these breakdown sheets, and you could kind of delve into like some of the smaller conferences, the mid majors, and stuff. I thought that was like vital information for somebody that just didn't have the time to look at certain teams, and that stuff was free on Wager Talk. So, I yeah, mean, is, is that so- something that you're going to continue to do, like as years go on, and and provide that for people that that go to the website? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I got what, before it was all said and done, I think I ended up with like 20 or 21 conference previews, just a time thing. I, I wanted to get mm-hmm. to them all. And, and then once, you know, once the season starts, it's like we're off and running and it's, it's hard to, you know, to still pump that stuff up with, out yeah. with all the, the different stuff we're doing each day. Uh, but yeah, I think I got like 21 conference previews up and, and I, you know, that was the point was to get, just to get, some people, some sort of starting point, right? Like I tried to do it rather than give, like you can go get a preview from anywhere. What I tried to do was just give you a couple teams that you would in each conference that I would bet on or that I would fade just to kind of give you a, you know, a starting point. So maybe like a bet on team plays a fade team at some point. Right. And you can say, oh, okay, well, you know, he was high on this team. He wasn't high on this team. Maybe this is a good stop spot to jump in. I, I will say this. I, I've always been a proponent of, of getting out early in college hoop in November and December while the odds makers are still kind of focused on football. But this year, now that we've got like it's, it's transfer fest here and, and all these rosters are so different. I, I'm almost sort of regretting doing that a little bit because mm-hmm. what I'm seeing is a lot of teams that are, are still really like not sure how to play together. And I think it's made so made for some really um, just the, the results are sort of all over the place mm-hmm. because you just have so much turnover in college basketball right now that you might actually, in hindsight, this year, you might actually be better off waiting until January when these teams have had 10 to 15 games to actually figure out how to play together because there is just so much turnover and I was going back and looking at how it was sort of handicapping these teams coming into the season. And I realized like, okay, you know, this guy at let's just use Washington state, for example, right? Like Michael flowers, you know, he was a furnace at South Alabama scoring 20 plus points a game. 
but maybe he's not that at Washington State. And it's mm-hmm. it's really hard. And I'm just, you know, he's a good player. Like, I don't mean to, like, pick on him. But I think we're getting a lot of that where it's like teams came into the season and they had a sort of a rating or ranking based on their roster on paper. But now mm-hmm. you're starting to see, okay, like, just because player X played well here doesn't mean they're going to play well. I'll give you an example. Anthony Gaines, Northwestern, played four years at Northwestern. He transfers to Siena. He's kind of having a hard time being more of like a like a focal point of the team. So I think there's a lot of that. And, you know, in high, we might look back on this year and, and be like, okay, you know, probably maybe we should have just kind of pumped the brakes and, and jumped in late December. Not so much because they're, you know, it's after football, but more so because I just wonder if these teams need 10, 10 games, 15 games before you can really like start betting them with like confidence that they're going to go out and do what you expect them to do. Because I've just seen a lot of like randomness in college hoops so far this year. What do you think about the talent level in college hoops this year as compared to years past? It doesn't, it seems. It, I don't know what to say. It doesn't seem as good, but it seems like there's a lot, a lot of players that would have been in college that are choosing other routes. Um, it, it, it maybe makes the game better as a whole. Cause there's not, you know, you're not going to, there's not like a, a top two. That's going to be the top two all year. We're going to have like eight or nine number one teams probably this season. Right. I mean, so. I, I think, I think Powell's kind of like standing out there to be like the top guy right now. I mean, that, for Duke, for Duke. Uh, oh, Blake Paolo. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely, I think this has been going on for a little while in college basketball. Uh, I think that the overall level of play, like if you go back and watch, like if you go back and watch college hoop in like the early nineties, I mean, those teams, they, all the best players stayed for four years. They typically didn't transfer. And like these teams were all upperclassmen. The stuff they were running was so sharp. The shot selection was Mm -hmm. on point. And now you just, I think it's just a lot of, I think a lot of teams it's, it's one on five and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, let me pull up and take a three from another planet because, you know, it's like, because that's the game. It is. (laughs) That's the NBA game. um, And it's like, yeah, it's definitely not as aesthetically pleasing as the game I grew up watching. And now I just think you throw this element of transfer portal madness into the mix and now you've got coaches that are trying to assimilate new guys into the team. And then it's like, what happens when it, you know, what happens if it's not working out? Like you now you've got the coach who has to say, all right, like, do I keep just trotting this guy out here because we went out and got him and brought him here? Or maybe, you know, do we, do we put someone that's been with the program for three years into the starting lineup? And that's what I'm starting to get at with like, you know, maybe we need to watch 10 to 15 games before we're out there hammering away on college hoop, right. which is like just, you know, something I've kind of have taken, I'm, I'm like making a note of it in real time. Right. It's like, cause I've obviously been betting college hoop since the opening night and I'm, I'm battling it. It seems like I win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And I'm just wondering if it's like, it was already it, a pretty high turnover sport before the transfer. Yeah. I, I think of course, I think it's interesting when you look at the transfer portal and like just college college sports in general. So college football, when you get a guys from the transfer portal, if say you get a quarterback and the quarterback's going to start, it's like you know what his role is going to be. His role is going to be 
you know, hand the ball off to the running back, pass it to the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not, his game will more often than not kind of acclimate to. And they're what, usually transferring to a to a coach or to a team that fits their scheme. Correct. I don't know if, I don't know if that's just, I don't know if that's but, when, the way yeah, college when you get, is doing. College but when you get into basketball, like Adam just said, you got this guy that may, may have been the top scorer for uh, a you know, uh, mid-major, right? right. And, and now he's a role player. It's like, but he doesn't know how to be a role player because all from high yeah. school to grade school to to where he played, he he was the guy. So he's still trying to be the guy. It's like, uh, but that goes back to the coach. It's like the coach should be like, listen, this is what we have to do. It's like, you're going to be this guy. And that that's kind of how it's going to be. I, and if he can't think, be that guy, put I, him on the bench. I agree. Yeah. What I, what I was going to say real quick is I, I think it puts these coaches in a, like a horrible position yeah. because yeah. it's just like now if if it it used to be, you know, it didn't work out. Let's say the coach benched you, right? Like, well, I got to work hard to get better or to get back on this coach's good side to get myself back in the lineup um, because my alternative would be to transfer and have to sit out a whole year. And that was always like the big deterrent, right? Like, because mm-hmm. that's just just sucks. That, like, yeah, that sucks. Sit out. You lose a lot of momentum. You get cold. Yeah. You, you're not the athlete coming back, right? Right. And now it's just like I feel like the second something doesn't work out, you can just you know, there's a I've seen guys now like just through looking through rosters that are literally on their fourth team in four years or mm-hmm. like their third team in four years, and it's just like it, it's just like. I don't know. I feel like it takes some of the accountability of the player off of the player. And now it's just like, okay, well, you know, this coach doesn't like me. This didn't work out. I'm not getting playing time here. So rather than like, you know, try to work harder to improve, to, to, to get there, which is what you used to have to do. Now it's just like, whatever, I'll go, I'll, I'll go play at a slightly smaller school. And, you know, it's Taylor like, Martinez is transferring. He's my age. From he's been he's been yeah. The, yeah he's been at nebraska when i was in college i swear Who? it's like every time i was like he's, he, he's got another year mcclung is mcclung playing for somebody else this year matt the guy that was uh, formerly at penn state then tech yeah hope. where is he i saw him the other day and i was like i was like how the hell is he on another team this year like there, there's that? guys that i so, just don't no, know he's, so he's in the i was gonna say i saw him the other day too but he's in the g league okay so maybe that's why i saw him I don't think he had eligibility. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He did. I think anyone that played last year could have come back for this year. Um, But he is actually in the – he's in the G League. Yeah. God, who's the guy that's like him that I'm thinking of? Uh, White guy, point guard. kind of. I mean, there's just – Like an and one guy, (laughs) like a a guy that can dunk and stuff. God, what is his name? Anyway. There's um, just like – there's so – there's so many like – it's it's insane. I really every single night still where it's December seventh. We've mm-hmm. we've almost been um there's there's almost been college hoop for a month now, and I've been watching. It, it feels night like in it's been out. longer too. I, I don't Dude, know why. Every single night I see someone, and I'm like, what? I didn't even like. I didn't realize he was on that team, or I didn't remember. Like it, it hits me. Oh, like that's where that's where that guy is now. Or right. because it's like you're trying to go through 350 rosters at the beginning of the season. And, you know, you have your couple play on teams, but yeah, it literally still hits me every night. Like, okay. Oh, he's there. Like that's, it's crazy. It really is crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Hey, I wanted to get a little bit into the, uh, I I know we kind of talked a little bit before and um, 
do you have any college picks for tonight? Um, I, I know you said you had one at the nine nine p.m. slate. I know it's already nine oh one, but it on on. So Eastern yeah, Canada, I but... have. So I'm glad I didn't get get on here early enough to give my best bet of the night, which I would have, <laughs> because that was Vermont, and let me tell you, like that was one of the worst games I've watched all year. Vermont right. versus Providence was a dread. That was as unimpressive of a ten point win. Mark this down, okay? This is like my. I think everyone should do a post-game <laughs> handicap. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. I was like, Sometimes you got to. <laughs> no, like after you win, you know, anytime, I always try to jot down. If I lose a bet, I always try to, like, actually, it doesn't even matter. I say, if I lose a bet, I say, would I bet this team next time out? And more importantly, would I fade the team I went against next time out? Right. In this case, I would 1,000% be looking to bet against Providence. There is, there is that as poor of a nine and one team as I think you're going to find. I don't know if, I don't know if central Connecticut state is the spot to do it. Cause that's who they play next. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, they're coming up. They're going to have UConn Georgetown Seton hall coming up to open up big East play. They'll probably be a good fade in, in one in, somewhere in there because yeah. uh, they, they've, so they played as well as they could have played up till tonight. And tonight they played awful and they got away with it because Vermont just can't make a shot. Like that's yeah. really, and that's really surprising because I mean, John Becker has an awesome program there. Vermont's been like, they're really always good. so solid. And the thing, what I will say about Vermont is see now they're a team. I've got it. Like the shooting woes are real. Like they're shooting just, they're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country right now. Mm-hmm. But they play hard. Like that team plays extremely hard. They play good defense and they rebound. Like the fact that they only lost by 10 and they shot five for 19 from three, like, and turned it over 16 times. I I mean, I I actually think they played Providence fairly even tonight. And, and, you know, so that's what I look at. Like I, I, I will take that into big time consideration because like the shot making, is a big, it's like, they're just not hitting shots and that's an issue. Right. Uh, so more so from that, I say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll look to go against Providence in the future. I don't know for sure if I'm going to come back on, on Vermont next time out, but I try to do that at the end of every game. You know, even if, even if I get mm-hmm. it right, just kind of, because sometimes listen, like sometimes you like today would have been an example in my opinion, if you like, like sometimes you win a bet and you kind of know you were on the wrong mm-hmm. side and got lucky. I think it's yeah. like kind of important to to sort of document that because that's going to help you when those teams and you want to document that because teams are you know it's going to be four days later by the time these guys play again. So right. if you don't write it down or you're not you know you're you're probably not going to remember unless it just kind of happens to to hit you. So um, but anyway, I, I went off on a tangent there. I do have one game that I'm that hasn't started yet, and it's a big one, so people might be interested. Uh, Villanova Syracuse. Uh, I didn't bet this, but I'll just give you like kind of like my handicap on this game. Uh, so I'm up in I'm up in Syracuse country here. Um, and when you I'll tell you right now, if you once you get west of like the capital region, all the way out to to Buffalo, everyone's a Syracuse fan. And they're all just delusional as all hell. Like they all, like it's just even have, it. My it sister-in-law is from there. I know. It leaks into my friend group. It's like ah, uh, they think it's just. And I'll I'll get. I'm sure I'll get like heat for this. But the the 
central New York all the way out to Western New York Syracuse fan thinks they're a final four team every year. Like, I don't, I don't, they, they just, it doesn't matter. Like they be, they, they knocked off year, they, every year. They knocked off Florida state. Like, Oh, their tournament team going to the, you know, it, it's just, and you can actually like, it, it, I like, love delusional per, fan. I love delusional fan bases that, I, that I don't it, have to deal with. Yeah. It permeates sometimes. And, and I feel like they get the rest of the country thinking like that because it's such a Syracuse has a massive, New York's not really a college football state. Like mm-hmm. it is a very much a college basketball state, and Syracuse mm-hmm. has a massive fan base up here. Uh, I, what I'll say is this: for this particular game, uh, Villanova is probably going to shred their zone, which has been lacking for a long time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, this Cuse team can shoot it, and they're going to be like a, a really tough team to bet against because. I mean, if they're it, like, you just don't know when they're gonna when they're gonna rain the three, right? right? Like they, like I, there's not a chance that I would lay nine points with Villanova here because I mean, Cuse could be down sixteen in this game, and you know, four possessions, it's a seven point game, a six point. Like they're just they're just too good of a of a. They just have too much potential shooting the three. Uh, so in this case, I look at the over. That that would have yeah. been, you know, I'm not a great totals handicapper. Mm-hmm. By any means, I really don't play many of them, but I could make a pretty strong case for the over in this game, uh, just based on the fact that you know it's it's at the Garden, where I think both teams are kind of comfortable playing for teams that don't play there. I mean, typically Villanova and Cuse play at least a game there every year. Nova hits uh, St. John's during conference play. Cuse, it's like their second home. I have a feeling we're going to see scoring in this game. I don't think I don't think uh, the Syracuse zone is going to have much of an answer for Villanova's an awesome shooting team. I mean, they can stroke it. Yeah. So they're going to probably score for fun. And I think Cuse will probably, you know, shoot their way into kind of hanging around. And you got to love like two, like the spreads nine. It's kind of one of those, like, let's say it kind of comes close to the spread. You could get some extension there at the end. Villanova up yeah. eight, seven late. You might get some foul get shots some at the foul end. Shots. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling it's. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to see a ton of points in this game. Uh, so that would be that would be like for for what's still on the board. Um, I would say that's probably the best thing I could come up with tonight. One forty-seven and a half. One forty-seven. Yeah, so and that's half. so that's ticked up. They're playing like at I the saw, Garden, right? Playing at the Garden. Yeah. Um, it's after the Texas Tech game, which hasn't ended yet. So that game is so Texas Tech, ten, um, yeah, Texas Tech, Tennessee is going on right now so you probably got like a half hour to get this in oh yeah easy because you have 20 minutes of warm-ups and everything there's like uh 46 seconds left of the game texas Tech's up could could be longer it's two point and i i have it on in the other room but yeah that game looks like that could uh hopefully they didn't tighten hopefully they didn't tighten those rims up for this 43 41 i always i always wondered that about the garden like if you're used to playing in the garden you can play there well like duke's duke that's duke's second home um i think syracuse is one of those teams that that plays with well there too i just wonder oh, yeah. if they, they can make the threes yeah Cuse, and, and the thing is like i have i have a feeling you're gonna see just an obnoxious amount of three-point shots oh, yeah. from, from syracuse because they're probably gonna be behind and it's just gonna be they're gonna have gonna to shoot threes long. and they can they're gonna them. launch yep that that transitions from march i mean they were a, a massively shoot you know bayheim shooting threes from half court kind of deal i mean that yeah they yep. were I don't think that's ever changed out of the game. I think the one thing that's changed from their game is they don't have that big seven foot oaf in the in the in the two three zone. 
Um, well, so Guns, that, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the NBA doesn't want guys that like they that want big. guys that know how to play man to man. Yeah, that's really killed. That's really killed Syracuse, I think, because they can't get the elite big now. Because any elite big is not going to go play zone in college. No, like, because the NBA wants guys that can play man to man. So it's agree. like. So you're not getting the the really like elite zone anchor there anymore because anyone that's that good, you're not going to get like the top recruit. Anyone that's that good is is not going to go to a college that's playing exclusively two three zone. So they go to just, Duke, they go to Gonzaga, yep. they go to Kentucky. you'll get a tran- you'll get a transfer, <laughs> you'll get a mid level transfer. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it, it's basically. like that's you know, or you'll luck into like when I was when I so growing up in the area. They uh, area kid Craig Forth was there. You remember Craig Forth from from the from the championship Syracuse team? It's a seven footer. He barely yeah. scored. He wasn't okay. in there to score. So you wouldn't, you know, we remember him here because he was a capital region guy when he was from uh, right outside of Albany. Um, seven footer, and he was awesome because he did everything they they needed him to do in that zone. Um, but they didn't need Role him to player. score because they had yeah. they had Carmel right. They had Craig, you know. They had Carmelo. They had Jerry with a G. Yeah, they had Hakeem Warwick. They didn't need scoring from Craig Forth, but he was. But he. So unless they luck into someone like that, uh, they're they're going to have a hard time in this two-three zone in in this day and age where a lot of teams are happy. They're happy to take the three. Like they'll, you know, Villanova probably shoot them, but they don't. They're they're going to sit in it regardless. So that's why I think you're going to see you're going to see a ton of threes in this game tonight. You're going to see. Villanova is probably going to get clean look after clean look and because they knock them down and Syracuse is just going to, if, if Villanova's out on them, they're just going to take them from farther out. Like that's right. going to be their answer. Oh, you know, you're going to guard us 30 feet out. Well, you're just going to shoot them from 35 feet out. That's, which that's you, why which, which used to be a big deal, but now it's not, it, that's not a bad right. shot anymore. No, it used to be a bad shot. Right. But yeah, but yeah when guys yeah. are making it, it's never a bad shot. Um, just to close us out here, I know you said you didn't look at bowls, but I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, is there any? Oh, I got, that you I say? got some for you guys. Yeah, I got. Okay. I, I came prepared here, so I don't really bet a ton of these early. No, I, I, we just I, talked about that before you came on. I was like, I hate doing it because I don't know who's gonna play and who's not. Yeah. So, so basically, then that's just that's just the thing. I found myself uh, in years past, if I bet early, like yeah. this early. I, there might be a scenario where I end up liking the other side because so much time mm-hmm. has elapsed and then I don't know what to do. Do I buy <laughs> out? Do I come over the top? Right. And, and it's more, and it's like so much can happen from now until a lot of these games kick off that I just, I just, I've, I've had a ton of success in the bowls over the years mm-hmm. and I'm rarely betting stuff unless it's like an in. So for example, like I got the text about Western Michigan I got down at six. Okay. Like that's, I think. I they, got full. <laughs> right. And that's good. Like, and that's the thing, like, you know, stuff like that's the only, that's the only thing I've bet so far is Western Michigan. And it, it has nothing to do with my handicap of, of the bowl game. It's just like, I got it from someone that I know knows. I knew it was going to move. So whatever. Yeah, that's like, what, I, yeah I, if you're going to bet a game early, you're going to bet let me, a game. Let me ask you this because move. I went on sheer assumption. I just assume Carson Strong's not going to play. Yeah, that's my, that's my assumption as well. Okay. My assumption is that he's not playing, and that that a, that a handful of guys are going to skip. Um, that their their coach might not there be there. So that's mm-hmm. like, but but again, you know, we're laughing about this in our group chat. Like, 
you know, Nevada will win by 20. Like it doesn't have the time, you know, yeah, I mean? oh, yeah. it's like, so Motivation. if anything, right. Like I, you know, it might move too wrong if it moves too much in the other direction. Like I'm not a big middle guy. Like I think if you've like mm-hmm. gotten the book by the balls that you, you, you kind of like need to hold in that position, but mm-hmm. it, no it's hedge. like, yeah, I, I tend to like not really hedge ever. Like I just don't, it's just not my style, but I know a sharp group I have access to played Michigan state, which is, I think you can stay played it at three and I think you can still get three. And they played South Carolina at plus eight. And I think that's down to seven, but I, at least all I can give you there is that I know those are getting some sharp love. Now I will CT bets. My boy gave me a really good handicap on Baylor. Um, that he shared with me. So I got to give him credit. This is not my pick. This is CT's pick. We know he's... Shout out CT, friend of the podcast. We know he's Mr. Baylor, but he texted me earlier today, said, you know, Ole Miss opened two. It's now Baylor. He betted at pick or minus one. And he was basically, he he was basically making a case that uh, Lane Kiffin might end up having the play calling duties in this game because of a, a coach that might leave. And, and, and that yeah, their OC is going to OU. Right. So, and, and he basically, basically what Chris was explaining to, to us earlier was um, this game's like, it's a really big deal for Baylor. And they probably, they shouldn't have a single person that misses this game. Whereas Oklahoma, oh, yeah. or I'm sorry, Ole Miss is probably going to have a handful of people that sit out. So that's the biggest thing with bowl season. I think you really like, I love to try to, to handicap like motivation. I think that's like, it, oh, that's yeah. what, unfortunately, unfortunately that's what bowl seasons become. Yeah. Um, I could sit here and, and complain about, co- I really don't like college football guys. Like I'm going to be honest with you. Like I like, I like like Saturdays and like grinding games out from morning until night, but college football in my opinion is like such a flawed product and it's like, it could be so much better. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. bowl season has almost become like a like sort of like a like a mockery. Like all these all these guys, and I don't blame these kids, right? But like it's they skip these down. games because they don't down. mean they don't mean anything. There's too many meaningless games. Whereas mm-hmm. like you know, no kids skipping a playoff game. Okay, like they're just they, they're just not like kid kids are gonna go out and, and play. But like so the, so you have to like handicap motivation. You got to figure out who wants to be there and who doesn't. It's kind of a similar handicap to like the final week of the regular season when all these rivalry games are going. It's mm-hmm. like who, who, because so many games, so many of those games are really meaningless games as well. So it's like who wants to be there, who doesn't, and can I get like value on backing whatever team I've sort of, yeah, like have made that assessment of, you know, are they going to want to be there? And, and that's like what it becomes. So I agree with Chris. Um, in this, in, in the sense of you know that that this game, it feels like a big deal to Baylor, and if they're gonna, if everyone's gonna play, and you're gonna get guys out on Ole Miss, that line could move. Yeah, I I, I could see that. I kind of agree with them. I, I think Baylor's kind of played with a chip on their shoulder all season, so why would they not? You know, this is this. They didn't know what, their their season win total, which Chris seven or made, something. No, it was it, it was seven? five and a half. Oh. I know this because all of us bet it. And um, that team's been sort of like, you know, nothing was expected out of them. Uh, this is a huge deal. I agree with them that it's a very big deal. So, yeah, I, I would say Baylor w- would be worth a look. Um, try to get in now at like money line or before it moves too much. 
Because I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, that, that could go off Baylor minus three, minus four, if, if enough guys on all this are out. So I think that's one you could probably bet now. Pun, what are your thoughts on Baylor? How, how did they perform last week? <laughs> he's a hokey. He's, they were one. He's a they, they were one. They were one lateral call away from losing that stupid. Game. He was at the game. Why? So. Why that wasn't a fumble, I'll never know. But that was, that why was, that wasn't a lateral. Um, I was, yeah, that was the was opener. Of, but yeah. saw it on a sixty-five yard screen in front of me. But anyway, but <laughs> man, Adam, you killed it today for us and we appreciate the information we pre- appreciate all the sharp talk yes hopefully everybody took their notes from the man himself the trigger i'm the gun <laughs> and we have the pun so till next time on dad pods episode 66 enjoy your bets make some cash and let's keep dancing till next time peace thanks adam Take care, guys. Thanks for having me.